Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. Uh, for those that are new, this is a space science podcast. Uh, my name is Alex Giafanos. I'm your host. And this week, we're going to talk about uh, a little thing called inference, or what can you infer from the data that's in front of you. Now, don't don't let that scare you. We're not going to be talking about necessarily statistics and going into the nitty-gritty of uh, data collection or anything like that. I just want to share the way that uh, engineers or even uh, anyone who's involved with any kind of science has thought scientifically, uh, deducted reasonably, or just questioned anything that's come out there. Um, you have to look at data to support what you're saying, right? And what does that data tell you? When you're looking at it, what can you infer from the data? And that's the crux of this episode and where I'm going to go off on tangents and, and talk about a whole bunch of stuff. But I think it's a really important thing that uh, you're noticing in the media today. You're noticing it online in in a media way where uh, I've I've been outspoken about this online on Facebook and on Twitter about certain things, and it's this jumping to conclusions without any facts, without any facts to to back it up, except for the fact that I woke up this morning and that's what I feel in my gut. So there's a quote from uh, well, there's a quote from Sherlock Holmes, and and the reason I'm picking Sherlock Holmes is because. Sherlock Holmes in, in encapsulates that whole idea, that, that deductive reasoning where you take the facts in front of you and you infer from that data and you deduct what could be possible. And, you know, the whole thing, uh, what's that line? They used it in Star Trek. Uh, if, you, if you eliminate... The, if you li- eliminate everything else other than the impossible, the only thing that's left that could happen is the only other answer is that it it could have been impossible or something of that nature. Right. (laughs) I think that's the quote. I'll double check on that. But the point of Frederick is, is Sherlock Holmes is, is a great, uh, an example of, of, of good reasoning of, of, of taking data and looking at it and figuring out what the data is telling you. And this quote, uh, from Arthur Conan Doyle, one of the authors of for Sherlock Holmes quote is, It is a capital mistake to theorize before one has data. Insensibly, one begins to twist facts to suit theories instead of theories to suit facts. And I mean, now now more than ever, I think that that kind of rings true. We see it with the media on all sides where it's more about the clickbait and it's more about uh, getting people to the website and or the 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 broadcast, you know, and then it's, they're, they're just full of shit, you know, and that's, that's with people too. There are a lot of people who try and, um, whether it's online or in person where you're just like, okay, where did you come up with that? You know, where's your facts? But, uh, this weird thing is happening that, uh, people that say something like controversial, like one thing we're going to talk about is flat earth. When, people talk about flat earth it's almost like they say it and then it's on the deniers of that it's on the 
it's not on the people that claim this is what it is. Like they they're not showing any proof. <laughs> they're not explaining it because guess what? Let's if if we take the flat earth or flat earth argument, right? Well, guess what? If you're right, if you're right, you got a lot of fucking work ahead of you. You really do because now you have to explain how everything works. Everything. Now you got to explain to us why gravity isn't a thing. So what is the thing that is gravity? How how does that happen? You're going to have to come up with these new laws for determining how the physical world uh, interacts with us and how we interact with it. You know, you've got a lot of work to do and I'm not seeing any actual, (laughs) any stuff that's sticking, you know, and guess what? It's going to have to go through the ringer. What, we're just going to take your word on it? We're just going to take your word on what this new flat earth is like. No, you're going to have to bring some facts. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's on you. The, the, the burden of the proof is on, is on, is on you. Science has already given proof and it's given out equations that although not perfect, explain the physical situation, the physical reality in which we live in so well that businesses can actually make money off of manipulating the physical world. That's what manufacturing is. That's what manufacturing is, is, is whether you're adding technology or adding uh, material like you are with uh, 3D printing, which is an additive technology. Uh, the original uh, manufacturing was subtractive technology. Where you took a block of material and, uh, and cut and milled and ground and polished material away until you had a final product. Um, that is all because of these rules of, of science and of the physical world, which includes the world being round, (laughs) you know, and if that's all not true, if, if, if you guys are apparently this brilliant, brilliant new thing, then you've got, you got lots of splaining to do. Okay. So Let's let's dive more into this because we're already on this flat earther. So the thing that got me into this, not that uh, it's not always peeking around the corner uh, in the science and especially in the space industry, space world, the industry doesn't really care. Uh, <laughs> but in the space world, in my world, uh, flat earth is a really weird and strange thing. And um, not in the fact that it's a strange or radical idea. No, it's actually a very old idea that uh, we thought died out like the measles. But apparently uh, it can come back just like the measles. Um, <laughs> and ironically, you know, what, what is the vaccine for flat earth? And it's education. It's education. And not that... Uh, Education is bad. It's not that. It's uh, there are in, there are people whose education failed them. Uh, and for instance, uh, one of the things that we'll talk about in a second here, uh, it relates to the the next story, but the whole Christopher Columbus story. I mean, that's where uh, this kind of uh, idea of where did education fail comes from. So bear with me here. But with the whole Christopher, Christopher Columbus, we learn in school that. You know, Christopher Columbus came over to America and discovered America. But then there were other people here who were already living here. And we find that out. So it it gives, it discredits the, the actual information when 
we don't give the the actual facts when we don't actually give the real things then how is it any different than someone saying you know well the earth is flat you know and having nothing to back it up it's like well we we know there were people here so why you know why did you lie and and that gets into a deeper point but that we'll get into right after this now it's 2017 right it's 2017 and the media is in all of our lives, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's comedy, whatever you watch TV for or entertainment, um, there's something out there for everybody. Uh, one of the things I love is basketball. And uh, <laughs> uh, recently, uh, Kyrie Irving has come out and said that, you know, he uh, allegedly believes in, in, in the earth being flat. But uh, also, Shaquille O'Neal has said that as well. He uh, said it on uh during this um, YouTube video, all these links to all this stuff will be available in this in this episode. But you know, essentially, both of them are saying that look, you know, uh, we've all been lied to. You know, uh, you know, in that story with Christopher Columbus, you know, um, well, we were taught that Christopher Columbus came and discovered America, but in reality, there were already people here, and you know, there was genocide that was committed, you know, it was, it was, okay, we're taking it over because it was, you know, the queen said, go over there and take that land. And they took that land, no matter if there were people going to be there or not, you know? So when you've got Shaq and Kyrie Irving who are, you know, in, in the public light, if people going to hear what they say, um, and they're free to think whatever they, they want, but uh, I don't think it's so much that they actually believe that the earth is flat. I think, I think what the real argument here is that people don't like being used and education has, has, you know, the, the, the facts, the truths that we've been told, a, a lot of them aren't truths. You know, they're actually distorted. They are, as we go back to that quote, right? Uh, when we twist facts to suit theories instead of, using theories to suit the facts. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I, the flat earth thing. And if someone says they believe in a flat earth, honestly, I don't think they really believe it. I think it's more of a, um, counterculture thing. I think it's something it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to believe in this because, you know, screw the establishment or something like that. You know, wh- whatever the reasoning is, I think it's more like that. And I think there's also a bunch of people who jump on the train because they control people with it uh, and they get a response from it. I think that's a lot of it too. Uh, and, you know, in today's world, uh, it's definitely reinforced to say something outlandish and get all this attention. I mean, that's what, you know, the focus is on everything is, is blowing up over all these things. And if, if we just used, as as I go back to the quote again, and this that's why again, that's why this episode is about inference. If uh, we'll just say the quote one more time, it is a capital mistake to theorize before one has data. Insensibly, one begins to twist facts to suit theories instead of theories to suit facts. You know, as an engineer. And someone who who always loved science, you know, there there is that way, there is a scientific way of thinking. And 
it's it's done wonders for me. I mean, essentially, you know, we talked about this. You're you're manipulating the physical reality around you, uh, and understanding that it's it's something that that takes. Uh, you have to learn a whole bunch of things, and one of the things, the engineering aptitude that you need to have. It, you know, inference is a huge part of that. If you ever, if like, if you've ever taken that experiment, here, here's an example. There's, uh, I think it was on the SAT uh, biology subject test. There was a question that sa- that said something like, you know, uh, there's a there's an abandoned part of the woods, and uh, you grow these plants and you track them every year for three years, right? Two of the groups of plants grow really quickly in the beginning, start taking it over, right? And then in the second two years, the other plants start taking it over and and the original plants start dying off. So one of the questions is, okay, so what can you infer from this data? And one question says, oh, well, you know, uh, floods take out... uh, you know, these, these weaker plants. And so the other plants ended up thriving because of it. Well, you can't do that one because it didn't say anything about floods. You don't know that you didn't take that data. You don't know. You don't even know if there was a flood. All right. So the next one is, you know, a forest fire came by, killed those original plants. And, uh, the other three sets of plants took over. Again, you didn't take any data on on fires or forest fires or anything like that, so it can't be that one, you know. And another one might be, oh well, you know, one plant is weaker than the other, you know, one is inferior to the other. Okay, well, you didn't take data on that. You don't even know that. So what did the data show you? The data showed you that one plant grew in the beginning. And the other set of plants took over in the end while the first set disappeared. And so in biology, that's called succession. Uh, when one species succeeds, uh, the area with dominance uh, over the other. So even though it can get complicated, like even though that data, you know, you're just like, I don't know anything about plants. And my head's like, oh, crap, I don't know. But it's not difficult. It's just, okay, you just need to know what you're looking at. You know, one one of the things I... One of the one of the thoughts that definitely drove me kind of uh, kept me up at night uh, a few nights was, you know, when you you really start getting into engineering and you go to a school that's for engineering, uh, they drive these principles, they drive them into you, uh, and for good reason. You know, they they want you to make sure that that you really can deductively uh, reason and 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 have that kind of mindset because it's the most it's the way you're going to do the best science. And the thought that would keep me up at night is you know the way we used to set up tests and the way we used to set up uh you would have to explain your data a very specific way and as long as you uh use the right language and and by language I mean um if you're very specific about the situation and you explain that, okay, it's all about your reference frame. If, if you explain your reference frame, what's going on and then say, this is what we saw and you show the evidence to show it, that, that it happened, then you're always right. 
that can work in two different ways. That can work in two different ways. Uh, you can, you know, that's that's what happens today when 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 you find out there's an article about some study came out and they did this and they did that. Um, very rarely do people actually go back to the study to figure out what really was the data, what was actually done, who, what, what did they actually test. And by the time it gets to you, by the time you're reading that article online, it's so far removed from any kind of inference or from the original data because they're just taking the, uh, the, uh, even if it starts off as an inference, even if the original study says it the right way and they infer. But if someone takes that statement and twists it uh, to skew what whatever uh, narrative they're trying to say, then essentially, even, even though you do good science, good science could be mistrued if it's not communicated properly. And that's what that thought that, that kept me up at night because... Even if we're good scientists, even if we do a good job, if we don't communicate it and if, if people who are communicating it don't understand the data, then it's all bullshit. And that's where we end up, where we have this, this, this point where things have been communicated poorly to other people. And now, because of it, people feel used. People feel like They've been lied to. And those are powerful, powerful emotions. Nobody likes getting used. Have you been cheated on? I have. It sucks. It sucks. You get used. And it's one of the worst feelings in the world. And if, 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 if in some way a bad teacher or um, uh, a bad curriculum that, that you know happened in one area or they didn't have good teachers and so they just had people who just were in place. And this, this is not all teachers. Believe me, I have family members who are teachers. I am going to be a teacher someday. I'm, I guess technically I am teaching. Um, but th there are bad teachers out there. And it's gotten to the point where the data wasn't communicated well at all. And now there's actually, excuse me, there's actually a growing movement that believes that the world is flat again. I mean, I I equate that to to the measles coming back. You know, the whole thing where people stopped taking vaccines, and and then when there was an outbreak of the measles from somewhere, uh, it spread. And this is the same kind of thing with the flat Earth thing. And it's not just flat Earth. There's a bunch of things going on. Um, you see it in the media today, especially with politics. I'm not going to get specific, but it's happening on both sides, where they're they're taking the narrative they want using information but they're not actually like they're manipulating it to fit their whatever they're trying to push or whatever and that's not good that's 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 that comes from the same place as i think this flat earth stuff comes you know i really really do and what what i hope happens is is more people who are scientifically involved start communicating that data uh, i know all the friends i met at at, uh, at school and and all the other engineers and people of science and people who are just interested in in free thinking and uh original thought and and questioning things um keep doing that keep going out keep keep the battle of ideas going on because uh there's 
there's a lot to be lost if we can't, if, if not only does our communication of the science we're doing breaks down, um, then our science will break down and it, it won't, we won't be able to do, uh, good for the world ever. Um, because it'll become mis- misconstrued and maybe we'll have to start all over again and that would be awful. So, uh, you know, uh, if there's a fight to happen for uh, the sake of the scientific uh, way, the scientific mind, the scientific method for uh, going back to the quote, do it one more time, um, to to create theories to suit facts instead of twisting facts to suit our theories. If if we all take a little bit from the scientific method, if we all take a little bit from um, a free thinking, questioning mindset, then we're all going to be fine. You know, we all will be uh, much better off for that because we'll be able to do better things and get better things done and uh, figure out problems, solve problems better. Um, and then be able to be free to believe whatever the fuck we want to believe. Now, to, to touch this off, another thing, and another reason why uh, inference is really good is because uh, in the time of the most fear, in the time of uh, when you're questioning everything, um, Inference, good data, and good science can really, really make a difference for everybody involved. And to tie this all up in a bow at the end here, we're going to use a uh, a great space example. So um, in this episode, listen to it. It's a great interview. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on the Anthony Cumia show. If you don't know who Anthony Cumia is, uh, he's a radio uh, host who was on the Opie and Anthony show for years on satellite radio. They were on um, uh, terrestrial radio originally. Uh, raunchy show, but uh, they did completely original things that had never been done on radio before. Um, I like the uh, explicit shows. I like that anything is fair game. That's that to me is freedom, um, and it can get ugly sometimes, and that's fine. Uh, so, and that's why you know the show is explicit because I, I feel the same way. It's like kind of everything's open; it's all good, um, as long as you really want to talk about it. <laughs> if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But it's a great interview, um, and they got a great chemistry together. But you know, they were talking about the same thing about the, there are people out there that believe there's a flat earth that you could literally walk off the edge. Um, <laughs> and it's really interesting. And when you think about how, why NASA was started, um, if we didn't have inference and we, if we didn't use that deductive reasoning to figure out a solution, then Sputnik would have, completely terrorized us to the point of us losing the war over that. It would have traumatized a whole nation into being completely fearful and essentially giving up. But we put our minds to it, and that's essentially how NASA got formed. And and and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson explains what Sputnik really was. And he, he said, you know, Sputnik was a hollowed-out 
intercontinental ballistic missile. It went around in orbit above our above America. And we freaked the fuck out because they had a radio transmitter on there. Now, granted, it was only the shell of an intercontinental ballistic missile, which could still do tons of damage. Like just the weight, just the amount of mass and the speed that the ICBM would be going. If that went to an area, it would do serious damage because the the mass of that carries so much energy that it would it would do awful things, awful things, even without a nuclear warhead on there, right? So they had this thing orbiting uh, high above them with a radio transmitter on beeping, right? Beep, beep, you know, whatever the, the beep signal was. I don't remember what it was, but it had a specific pattern. So this would happen every time it went over the heads. And imagine the, the insane thoughts you must have had going through your head thinking, oh, my God, that thing's just floating around there until they decide to say, hey, send it down. And it's coming down on us and it's blowing us the fuck up. That's terrifying. But what they did was put the smartest minds together to figure out, okay, you know, we, we need to figure out all this stuff, this whole, this whole putting things into orbit. We need to do the same thing because this is now, this is the, the next stage. And, and they did it in a year. They, NASA was created within a year after Sputnik. And we ended up going in a fight um, you know, trying to be the first ones to get the high ground, which was the moon, and then it eventually would have been Mars, you know, had it kept going. But in, in this race, as, as Neil deGrasse Tyson says, uh, this pure, uh, I'm not quoting him, but basically like, the reason we went to the moon is because we were scared shitless, and we knew that if, if they got to the moon first, whoever got to the moon first had the advantage. And that's what got us to the moon because it is extremely, extremely difficult to do all those things. Never mind the fact of getting off the planet, but going through the Van Allen radiation belt, which they found out. You know, they, they actually had to go through it, figure out a way uh, around it so that the astronauts would survive the return trip. And they did all this to save their own asses, but they did it with data they 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 the only reason they got to that point is because they used proper deduction they they actually looked at this insane thing and said all right we got to figure out how to do this and they worked the problem they worked that until they found the solution and that is what we need to have more of we need to have more people thinking like that and it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from you know it it's it's just a way of thinking that's all it is and like I said, the more people we have doing that, the better we'll be. And I'll just say that quote one more time. I really do. I really love it. Um, if you hate that I'm saying it for a third time, I'm sorry. But I think it's really important. So the quote is, it is a capital mistake to theorize before one has data. Insensibly, one begins to twist facts to suit theories instead of theories to suit facts. And so if you have an outlandish theory, if you have a theory that's radical and you have a theory that's out of the box and people raise their eyebrows or look at you weird when you say it, that's okay. I welcome it. And whether it's flat earth or any idea or, or thought or theory, whatever it is, um, let's talk about it. Let's discuss it and let's figure out how we can prove that you're right or prove that something else is wrong. I'm all, all for it, but let's actually put forth the effort to prove that it's wrong. And that's it, folks. 
that's all I got for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, I also want to say thank you to everyone on Facebook who listened in on our uh, live, live, uh, my mouth isn't working, live broadcast, live launch hangout of the SpaceX SES-10 mission where SpaceX launched the first reused rocket uh, launched it and landed it after it had already been launched and landed. Uh, they successfully deployed SES-10 into orbit and had just a historic day. It's it's a it's a great day in space history in making space travel um, reusable and cost effective and allowing us to go deeper and deeper into the uh, deep beyond. Uh, a great day, and it was awesome to do a Facebook Live and have everyone uh, chime in. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for uh, checking us out. We're going to start doing more and more of those as this year continues. So look forward to those. And also, don't forget to check out AG3D Printing at ag3d-printing.com for uh, all your 3D printing needs, whether you need an idea, if you want to bring your idea into reality, whether it's on a napkin or you actually have designs, we can help make it happen, whether it's a school project or uh, something just for your home, a gift for somebody, or even if you want to bring an idea from concept to actual product. All that is possible with AG3. Come check us out and get 25% off your first order by letting us know you're a listener of the show. And follow our 3D printing adventures on Instagram at AG3D Printing. I'm Alex Stefanos, and this was Today in Space. See you later.